I'm Rachel Hernandez, real estate investor turned mobile home investor and best-selling author. I make a living investing in mobile homes for cash flow for long-term passive income. After many mistakes and lessons learned, I've been able to create the kind of life where I can do the types of things I want to do, not have to do. I created the Adventures in Mobile Homes podcast to share with you what I've learned so you can spend more time with family, friends, and do things you love. Mobile home investing can help you get there. If you want to hear real stories with practical and actionable advice you can use from someone who's been in the trenches and who's still investing today to create the type of life you love, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Well, hello, and welcome to the Adventures of Mobile Homes podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Hernandez, a.k.a. Mobile Home Girl of AdventuresinMobileHomes.com. Thank you so much for joining me here on the seventh episode of the podcast. Now, just in case you missed it, be sure to tune in to the last episode where I talk about how to find mobile home parks to work with, and the types of things you can do to look for these parks as a mobile home investor. You can find it along with the show notes at www.adventuresinmobilehomes.com slash six. And that is the number six. Okay, so let's get started. So last week, as part of the Take Action series of episodes on what you can do to take action as a mobile home investor, I shared with you about how to find mobile home parks to work with and the steps you can take to find these parks to set yourself apart from the competition. But if you're going to be buying mobile homes in parks, like I do, you need to know exactly what types of parks you want to work with in the first place. So what do I mean by that? Well, as in all real estate, there are different types of neighborhoods. Mobile homes are no different. So you need to be able to tell the difference between low-end parks, middle-of-the-road parks, and high-end parks. And from there, you need to figure out what types of parks you want to work with. Because this will ultimately determine your success as a mobile home investor. So today, I'm going to talk about what you, as a mobile home investor, can do to take action and how you can tell the difference between the different types of parks when you're out in the field visiting these parks, which will set you apart from the competition. Because having this knowledge by actually doing the work of getting into the field and observing these parks 
will be the difference between being successful in this business and not being successful. But before we move on, let's hear a word from our sponsor. Hey there, Rachel here. Are you ready to take action with your mobile home investing plans? Are you tired of waiting on the sidelines? Have you been trying to make things happen as a mobile home investor, but you're not getting the results you want? Do you need the guidance of an experienced mobile home investor like me? If yes, then I've got a mobile home investing course for you. It's called What You Need to Do to Get Started in Mobile Home Investing. It takes you from point A to point B on the steps you need to do to take action as a mobile home investor and get you the results you want. With so much information out there, it's overwhelming to go out, search, and come up with a plan for taking action on what you need to do to get started as a mobile home investor. In addition to the course, it includes a 50-page workbook where you can follow along and take notes, a free audiobook where I talk about getting started as a mobile home investor and the mistakes you need to avoid. Plus, you'll get access to a private forum where you can ask me questions directly, post your deals, and get opinions on them, and network with others who have taken the course. This is the only forum I go to personally answer questions from students. I have a special limited time offer for you as a listener of this podcast. So if you're ready to take action and need someone to help you with your mobile home investing plans, check it out at www.adventuresinmobilehomes.com slash training. Again, www.adventuresinmobilehomes.com slash training. Grab your seat and get started today. Now, back to the show. Okay, so once you're out visiting mobile home parks, what exactly should you look for? And what are the steps you can take to tell the difference between the different types of parks. And why does this matter in the first place? Well, as a mobile home investor, it's very important to know going in that there are different types of neighborhoods and areas. Not all areas are going to be the same. This is true for any type of real estate investment class, whether it be single-family homes, apartment buildings, 
or commercial real estate. Mobile home parks are no different. So why should you be concerned about this as a mobile home investor? The reason is that you need to know going in the type of clientele the park attracts. Because these are the types of people you will be working with in the future. It's not the home that attracts people. It's the neighborhood. So going in, know that the park will attract a certain type of clientele, not the other way around. There's an old saying among real estate investors. You can always change the home but you can't change the neighborhood. Take this with a grain of salt and know this will determine your success as a mobile home investor. Why? Because it's very important to know going in if your personality works with the type of clientele the park attracts. It's not enough to go out and look for mobile home parks and establish relationships with park managers. You need to decide for yourself whether or not you can actually work in these parks. Here are some questions to ask yourself when you're out visiting parks. What is your comfort level in the park? What is your comfort level with the park and the residents already living there? What is your comfort level with the types of clientele the park attracts? Can you work with these people? Why or why not? Unfortunately, I learned this lesson the hard way. With a mobile home I bought cheap, which I call my $2,000 nightmare. Now to make a long story short, I simply bought the home thinking it was a great deal for $2,000. But I ignored the neighborhood, which didn't fit with the type of clientele I usually worked with and felt comfortable with. So I ended up losing money and time on the deal. It was an expensive lesson learned. I talk more about this deal in my book, Adventures in Mobile Homes, How I Got Started in Mobile Home Investing, and How You Can Too, which I'll link here in the show notes. Okay, so now that you know the importance of knowing why you need to be able to tell between the different types of mobile home parks and the types of clientele they attract, Let's talk about the different types of mobile home parks and how you can tell the difference between them in the first place. As I mentioned, like any other real estate, there are different types of neighborhoods. Mobile home parks are no different. 
So here, you'll have low-end parks, middle-of-the-road parks, and high-end parks, which is the types of parks I buy in. So let's talk about each of them and the differences between them. Now let's start with low-end parks. These types of parks are your typical types of parks what most people think of when they hear the word mobile home or mobile home park. These parks will not be kept up, meaning most of the mobile homes themselves and the yards will usually be overgrown. You may see a lot of junk sitting in the yards and or on the porches. Other things that stand out are that there may be fences allowed in the park with animals in the yard. Some homes may have fences while others do not. Or they may all have fences, but these fences may not all look the same. Now, as for the roads, they may not be paved or they may have potholes in the ground. All in all, you'll see that the park is not kept up. Now, there will be a manager, whether they live on site or have dedicated office hours in the office. And you'll also be able to tell by the mannerisms of the manager that the park is a low-end park. Honestly, I find being in this business for as long as I have that the personality of the managers usually match the type of park they work in. And that's all I'm going to say about that. So with my $2,000 nightmare, I bought in a low-end park, just like the one here I'm describing. Usually, the lot rent will be lower than other parks in the area. Now, this can be a good thing or a bad thing, depending on how you see it. But you're really paying for the neighborhood. Another thing about low-end parks is the type of clientele they attract. Basically, since the park looks the way it does and is not kept up due to poor management, you may get suspicious characters and people who may not be the most honest. Now, I'm not saying the people in these parks are all like this, but you have to be aware as an investor. Sure, there are good people who live in these types of parks, but you really need to be comfortable with the park and make sure the types of people it attracts works with your personality. Cars are another issue. You may see condemned cars with orange stickers on them 
either parked in the driveways, on the side of the road, or even worse, in the yards. This is a red flag that this is a low-end park. Now, I will say low-end parks are a lot of investors' bread-and-butter parks. Many investors I know work in these types of parks. And how do I say, just deal with the issues that come with it. And there's nothing wrong with that, as long as you know and are aware going in. Though for me, it just doesn't work with my personality. So you'll have to make that decision yourself. So next on the list are middle-of-the-road parks. Now, these parks are a step up from low-end parks. They will have a mix of what was mentioned before with low-end parks, but they will be better managed. The park manager will inspect these parks and get people to clean it up as much as they can. There could be a few units they have trouble with and some quote-unquote riffraff in the park. Now, in these types of parks, they usually don't tolerate loose animals. Usually, the park manager will call animal control. Though, you may see a few fences in the parks with dogs in the yards. Lot rents here will be in between low-end parks and high-end parks. But again, you're paying for the neighborhood. Regarding cars, usually there will be a mix of average-looking cars. These types of parks definitely do not allow condemned cars in the park or in the yards. The park managers usually ask residents to remove them immediately. Otherwise, these cars will be towed out of the park. Regarding the roads, some areas of the park may be paved while others may not. There could be a few potholes in the streets but the manager may be working towards fixing them as funds allow. In middle-of-the-road parks, you see steps taken to make the park a better place to live. Most times, the manager is working on fixing up the park and improving it as they get the funds. Now, I found these managers pleasant to work with and usually match my personality. But I will warn you, in these types of parks, they may be weary at first when encountering new investors. So just act natural and be yourself. I'll talk more about 
how to talk to park managers when you're just starting out and visiting parks in a future episode. So stay tuned. Lastly, we have high-end parks. Now, this is my preferred type of park to work with. Being that I have a corporate sales and marketing background, these parks and the types of clientele they attract just match my personality and comfort level. But that's just me. So with high-end parks, you have a lot of uniformity. Think of it as a high-end single-family home subdivision with an HOA, a.k.a. Homeowners Association. Now here, you're going to have a lot of strict guidelines and rules to follow for residents living in the park. Lot rents will be the highest in these types of parks. But again, you're paying for the neighborhood. Lawns are going to need to be mowed on a regular basis. Items cannot be left out in the yard or the porch. There are usually no fences allowed and pets need to be small and kept inside. And they definitely do not allow condemned cars. All residents living in the park may need to register their vehicles in these high-end parks. Parking is limited for guests, and any cars not registered will be towed. As far as the park itself, they usually will have amenities such as a clubhouse, pool, and they may even have a dog park, which, by the way, was in one of the high-end parks I work with. When it comes to screening prospective residents, it will be very strict, and the park will only accept certain types of people with certain income levels, and they will definitely take credit score in consideration. So with these types of parks, there's going to be a lot of rules to follow. And if the rules are broken and not followed, there will be consequences, usually involving money such as fees and violation notices issued. Inspections will be constant, sometimes even every week. Now, some residents and even investors see this as a bad thing because there are too many rules to follow and it can be a constant, especially if the park keeps calling you as an investor about your own residents living in the park. Sometimes it can be a hassle. But with that being said, it just comes with the territory. These parks are well-managed, and these rules 
keep the park maintained regularly. Someone is always watching. Usually the park manager and their bosses, which hold them accountable. Most of these parks are going to be corporate-owned parks. They do things a certain way. And if you don't do it their way, you'll get fined or even shunned from the park. Now, as a beginning investor, these are not always the easiest parks to get into. My first deal was in a high-end park, though it took me a while to create the relationship with the park manager and almost a year to find and do the first deal. Now, I talk more about my first deal in episode three of this podcast, which I'll link in the show notes. As you can see, there are different types of neighborhoods when it comes to mobile home parks. There are both pros and cons to each. Personally, I don't think one is better than the other. You just have to decide which is the best for you based on your personality and the type of clientele the park attracts. For me, when I was just starting out, I made the mistake of not taking a look back at the different types of parks and just focusing on finding deals and establishing relationships with park managers, no matter what the park. This was one of my biggest mistakes as a mobile home investor. It cost me both time and money. And this is why I'm doing this episode for you, so you won't make the same mistakes that I made. So as you go out and look at mobile home parks, take notes, lots of them, either in your phone, if you do it digitally, or in your notebook, as I do, on the differences and the type of clientele of each park you visit. Write down what you see and your thoughts on each park as you visit them. Now, as an added exercise, note them as either a low-end park, middle-of-the-road type park, or high-end park. Star the ones that work with your personality and you feel comfortable with, and disregard those that do not. Believe me, if you do this, you'll find success as a mobile home investor much quicker. And you'll be glad you did. So there you have it. My advice on how you can tell the difference between the different types of mobile home parks and the steps you can take 
to choose the parks you work with based on your comfort level and personality as a mobile home investor just starting out. So, what did you think? Did this episode help you in getting started as a mobile home investor? I hope so. As you can see, it's very important to take the time to visit mobile home parks and observe them when you're just starting out. You have to be able to tell the difference between the different types of parks, low-end parks, middle-of-the-road parks, and high-end parks. And you have to decide whether or not you're comfortable working in these parks and if the type of clientele the park attracts works with your personality in the first place. Remember, it's the park that determines the type of clientele it attracts, not the other way around. So take the time to really think about the types of parks that you visit and what you observe before you buy. Pick and choose those parks that you feel comfortable working with and attract the type of clientele that work with your personality. Disregard those that don't. This is all part of learning your market and shouldn't be overlooked. By visiting the parks themselves and observing them, you'll get an idea of the different types of parks, what types of clientele they attract, and whether or not you're comfortable working in these parks. And from there, you just have to decide which parks you want to work in and which parks you don't want to work in based on your observations. Again, you have to do all of this before you start looking for deals or even worse, buying them. You don't want to go down that route. Believe me. I hope this episode has helped. Visiting mobile home parks and getting out into the field to observe them is one action step you can take to help you get closer to your goals as a mobile home investor. An important action step and one not to be taken lightly. And speaking of action, if you yourself are ready to take action and feel that you need some guidance as a mobile home investor, then I have a special training course for you. It's called What You Need to Do to Get Started in Mobile Home Investing. Basically, the course will take you from point A to point B on the steps you need to take to take action when just getting started as a mobile home investor. Now, it's a completely self-paced training course that you can do on your own time. 
And in addition to the course, it includes a 50-page workbook where you can follow along and take notes, a free audiobook where I talk about getting started as a mobile home investor and the mistakes you need to avoid, plus you'll get access to a private forum where you can ask me questions directly, post your deals, and network with others who have taken the course. Now, this is the only forum I go to personally answer questions from students. I have a special offer here for listeners of this podcast episode for a limited time only. You can check it out at www.adventuresinmobilehomes.com slash take action training. Again, www.adventuresinmobilehomes.com slash take action training. I hope that helps. And if you decide to take the course, I'll see you in the forums. Now, continuing along on the theme of taking action, I'll continue to talk about the different action steps you can take to start building up your business as a mobile home investor in the next couple of episodes. So stay tuned. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes where I link up some of the resources mentioned here. You can find it at www.adventuresinmobilehomes.com slash seven. And that is the number seven. Again, www.adventuresinmobilehomes.com slash seven. And if you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to share it with family and friends. And be sure to subscribe. And if you have some time, I'd love to hear your feedback through a short Apple podcast review. Until next time, this is Rachel Hernandez, aka Mobile Home Girl of the Adventures in Mobile Homes podcast, signing off. Thanks for listening.